Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to Money for the Rest of Us, a personal finance show on money, how it works, how to invest it, and how to live without worrying about it. I'm your host, David Stein, and today is episode 37. It's titled Gold Without the Hype and Politics. It's the holiday season here in Idaho, just before the new year. We have two feet of snow, negative 10 degrees Fahrenheit, very, very frosty, and this time of year reminds me of silver and gold, and I've gotten a number of suggestions over the weeks and months to do an episode focused entirely on precious metals, particularly gold, and, and some listeners that had suggested that include Larry, Jake, and Derek, so this episode, we want to focus on gold, but do it without the hype, without the politics, just basics. Here's what gold is. Here's why you might want to buy it, and here's how to go about doing it. Right now, gold is selling at $1,200 per ounce. This year, depending on your nationality, or the currency which you invest, you might think this has been a pretty good year for gold or not a particularly good year at all. Gold, the gold ETF, for example, GLD, is down 2% year-to-date in U.S. dollars. But over the past 12 months, gold is up 11.6% in Japanese yen. It has gained 10% in euros, 3% in the British pound, and 8% in the Swiss franc. So the question is, has gold declined or has the dollar appreciated? And that is one of the challenges with gold because when we get to, well, one of the questions is, how do you value gold? In other words, what is the right price for gold? Is $1,200 per ounce cheap or is $1,200 per ounce expensive? And you know, I first became aware of gold, I would say prior to 2010, I pretty much ignored it. I, I didn't, I just didn't really, just wasn't really on the radar. I remember back in probably the 80s, early 80s, there was a book down in our basement by a man named Howard Ruff, who, I think it was something about the coming bad years. It was probably the first economic type book I ever wrote, read. And and in there, I, I don't think I mentioned, understood much of anything, but he, he certainly was worried about inflation to the extent I knew what that was as a teenager, early teens. And, and so, but in there, he did recommend buying gold. And, and that's the first time I'd ever heard that one could do that, particularly gold coins. And then I ignored it for the longest time until I, back in 2010, you know, when I, as you know, I was an investment manager, managed money, an advisor, and I would write a quarterly piece 
And and typically, I in that quarterly piece, I would talk about whatever I was getting questions on. And I remember particularly being in Rhode Island at a famous design school in Rhode Island, whose I, I won't mention the name, but you could probably figure it out. And we were doing a sales presentation, a finals presentation. We were trying to get hired as their consultant, this particular school. And there was one board member that just kept asking me question and question about gold. And, and it was really the first time I had been questioned so specifically about it. And, and I, I don't think I gave an apolitical response. I, I was very negative about gold. I might have used the word shiny rock. And I don't think he liked my answer. So I wrote the quarterly letter and talked about gold. And again, I probably had somewhat of a political bias, not only really a political bias, but certainly a bias against gold, mainly because I, there wasn't a way that I knew how to value it. Because with gold, there isn't an income stream. With most asset classes, let's say a stock or a bond or real estate, there is an income component, and so you can to a very much an independent valuation. What is the price relative to that income stream? Is it above what it historically is selling for relative to the income stream, or is it below? And so because there's income, you can value it. There's an independent verification. The analogy I give is here in Idaho, most pickup trucks now, I don't own a pickup truck, but most pickup trucks are four-wheel drive. But 10, 20 years ago, many of them were two-wheel drives, pickup trucks, and during the winter, like today, when the, when the roads are icy and snowy, drivers would put sandbags or even pack the back of the trucks with snow to give it ballast, to hold it down. Otherwise, it swings all over. Ballast is something that anchors, and income is what anchors asset classes to reality. It allows you to, to value them. And so with gold, there wasn't a way, there isn't a way to value it based on income. And so that made me biased against it. And so I wrote the newsletter, our quarterly piece, and one of our analysts, a young analyst that had only been with our firm probably, I don't know, maybe less than a year. And I, I technically was, was sort of his boss. I was our chief investment strategist. And I didn't necessarily have day-to-day management for him, but I was a part of a senior partner. But he he was he had the courage to say to take me to task and say, no, you're you're you, this is what you need to understand about gold. And he was an investor in gold and and had done it with his family for years. And and so he began my education on gold and I toned the piece down a little bit, made it a little more down the middle, I guess, as opposed to a, a <laughs> I won't say I was radical, but certainly biased against gold. I, I don't own any gold now, but as I've done more research for this episode, it's quite possible that I will buy some gold and physical gold in a way that I'll, I'll talk about later in this episode. I have invested in gold in the past, and but only through futures contracts, which is one way that you can buy 
gold. You can buy gold futures. And I don't recommend doing it because futures contracts are extremely volatile. And they trade, I'm not sure how, it's not an eight-hour trading day. Let me put it this way. It's about maybe an 18-hour trading day. I haven't actually calculated the hours, but you can trade it at night. And when you buy a futures contract, it if you're sleeping, it's still trading. It can trade in the Asian market, and so it's it's moving around, and so you have to put stop losses on. And what I found when I traded gold was because it was so volatile, off often my stop losses would would kick in, and and it would it would sell, and I didn't necessarily want to sell, and, and it's just not, in my opinion, the way to go about it. Another way to buy gold would be the simplest way would be to buy a gold exchange traded fund it's it's a gold trust where and there's various sponsors iShares for example has one where they actually are going out and buying physical gold but you're still effectively buying uh, just like any other exchange traded fund so you have exposure to to gold that way a third way to buy gold is what's called actually taking physical ownership of it. You buy a gold bar, you buy a gold coin, and we'll spend a few minutes talking about how to go about that and, and why you would want to do that if you were going to buy gold. If I, if I bought gold again, I would actually buy physical gold. And, and the reason why is futures bounce all over the place. But the advantage of holding gold is it is definitely a diversifier. If you go back to the episode, I think it was episode 30, Are You Truly Diversified? I I talked about just sometimes, or even the episode on investing rule of thumbs, where we talked about sometimes it's best just if you divide up your assets evenly and just, just have assets that understand what their return driver is and if you have as many, if you have many different kinds, you don't have to sit there and try to predict the future. What will this asset class go up or down? It's just another driver. And the driver for gold, because there isn't an income stream, it's hard to figure out what the driver is. One driver, though, is definitely inflation. And and we talk about why would anyone hold gold? Why would I go out and buy gold now? And, and this, this was a surprise to me. When you talk about inflation, you know, is, does gold, is it an inflation hedge? And, and to some extent, well, it is. The reality, it, back in 1935, gold was priced at $35 an ounce. Now it's trading for $1,200 per ounce. If we inflation adjusted gold going back from 1935 to today gold in we should be selling for $626 an ounce in other words that's taking the $35 and adjusting it each year for inflation and if it just rose in price equal to inflation it would be worth $626 it's worth double that which means it's actually done better than inflation which is great. 
But what's really interesting about it is I subscribe to a number of research services. One is a firm called Ned Davis, and they do an inflation timing model. So they're looking at not actual inflation, but inflation pressures. In other words, is is inflation expected to increase? Right now, it's not. So inflation expectations are low based on this timing model. But when inflation expectations are high, and I'm not saying expectations that's priced into tips. I'm just saying other elements that contribute to inflation. So one thing in their model would be a, the gain in in wages or, or other inflationary pressures. And when their model is showing high inflationary pressure, gold has returned 42% per annum. And in fact, when inflation is is low, it's actually only lost about 0.3%. And when it's kind of in between, it's gained about, I think, 3% per annum. And, and so the most of the gains for gold have occurred when inflationary pressures are high, which is a great reason to hold gold. And that's what's piqued my interest. And well, maybe this year, because I want another return driver, even though there isn't any income component, there there isn't really any income component to cash right now either, but here's a return driver that might be interesting to hold, an asset class that's interesting to hold because it has been such a great inflation hedge. So one theory on how gold should change in price, because there isn't an income stream, there's an opportunity cost to holding gold because it just it just sits there. I mean, it is a shiny rock. It sits there. It's pretty. There isn't necessarily industrial use, but it has been a great inflation hedge. So as real interest rates go up, theoretically, the price of gold should go down because the opportunity cost. Let's go back to what real interest rates are. Interest rates are, are comprised of an inflation expectation component and a real rate. And and there's some, you know, you can do a complicated calculation to figure out each of those elements, but back of the envelope, you have nominal interest rates less inflation expectations equals real rate of interest. As that real rate of interest, that cost of money goes up, theoretically, the value of gold should go down but then you have what are inflation expectations or even inflation pressures. The bottom line is gold is difficult to value to figure out the correct price because it's worth what investors are willing to pay. And it also depends on what currency it's denominated in because as the dollar has strengthened, the value of gold has gone down in the dollar. Is that because investors are less excited about gold or they're more excited about dollars? I'm ignoring all that. I like the fact that gold is done extremely well when inflation pressures are high. And I like the fact that if I buy physical gold, I can put it in a safe and I don't have to worry about it. It just, it could just, sometimes it's just nice to have something that sits there and I just don't have to worry about it. One thing to recognize with gold, though, is the taxes, particularly in the United States, I don't know about other countries, in the United States, gold is taxed as a collectible, 
even if you hold a gold exchange traded fund. The base cap long-term capital gains rate for gold is 28%. Uh, I looked briefly. I couldn't find whether the the Affordable Care Act excise tax applies to that or not. But at a minimum, gold capital gains tax rate is 28%. And so if you're going to hold it, you're going to hold it for a long time. So I like physical gold because it's an asset that isn't tied at all to the traditional financial markets, right? I I don't have it as an ETF at a brokerage firm. If we have some huge virus that takes down the financial system, I have this physical asset, which is another advantage uh, of real estate. You have something physical. The advantage of land, I think it's important to have something physical. Let me pause here to share some words from this week's sponsors. We have a brand new sponsor to our show. It's Yahoo Finance. Yahoo's been around for decades. My first email outside of work was a Yahoo email address. But the financial side, I've used on occasion primarily to get data for dividend histories for particular funds or ETFs. But I was pleasantly surprised to get back on Yahoo Finance to see how it's evolved over the years. Now it's really a financial dashboard where you can get an understanding of what's going on with the markets. There are relevant articles from Bloomberg, Reuters, the Associated Press, and the Yahoo Finance team. You can look at the economic events calendar and see which data series are being released that day and what the consensus is. You can see the pulse of the markets at any time by going to Yahoo Finance. In addition, you could see all of your investments in retirement accounts in one place. With Yahoo Finance, you get a consolidated view of multiple accounts. Yahoo Finance serves as a financial hub for your retirement accounts, but also comprehensive financial news and analysis. You need to check out Yahoo Finance, particularly if you haven't been there in a while. Check it out at yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. If you've been using Mint to manage your finances, you know they shut down several months ago. Well, let me tell you about the budgeting solution, the financial tracking solution I've been using for the past number of months. It's Monarch Money. Monarch Money is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets like I've done. You can set goals, collaborate with your partner. And now you can get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com David. What I like about Monarch is the ability to customize what I want to see. I have custom budget categories, and then I can go on to the dashboard and see where I'm above trend on some of my spending. I especially like that Monarch will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying Monarch myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com David. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash David for your extended 30-day free trial. So where, if you were going to buy physical gold, how would you go about doing it? And this information I got from a good friend who is an expert on gold. I have not done any of these things, but I will take his advice. One way is to go to individual sellers. eBay, Craigslist, a friend, he recommends not doing that, which we'll put that aside. 
What about coin shops? Local coin shops will sell gold. They'll, they'll often coins. Most of them sell coins. The advantage of a gold shop is you can know the dealer. You can pay cash. Usually gold or coin shops sell at a, a little higher premium. In other words, you have the, the spot price of gold, but there's also a premium that you pay to, to take possession of it. The premium for coin shops can be a, a little higher, but if you ha- have a good relationship, you can walk in and pay cash and there's no record because I mean, some people that, that buy gold are, are worried about other people knowing about it, which if you're holding a sizable portion of gold in your basement in a safe, you really don't you don't want to advertise that. So that's an advantage of a buying it from a professional coin dealer. It's the convenience, the, the, you can buy it fast and you can pay cash. The con is sometimes the local coin shop might not have the, all the inventory that, that you want. The, the way that I'm going to buy gold, since I don't know any local coin dealers, is online. And there are a number of large, reputable online gold dealers. American Precious Metal Exchange, APMEX is an example, Provident Metal, Gainville's Coins, Tolving. These are all examples. Their prices are good. So the premium isn't terribly high. You always pay a premium over the spot price. The, the shipping is fast. The downside is you, you can't pay cash. You have to either, and they can't really, if you use a credit card, they're going to, you have to pay the additional 3% premium. You can wire the funds. You can send them it. They'll take a check. So, but that that's a way to go about. You can buy it online. They have a vast inventory. They're reputable. And... The only con is it takes a while for your gold to, to show up because you're, you're doing it online, whereas if you just show up at the coin shop, you can walk away with your gold that day. So what, what to buy? Well, you can buy coins, you can buy bars, or you can buy gold nuggets. And, and this particular friend recommends buying gold Coins And when you buy coins, there's two types. There's what's called bullion, which is basically an American gold eagle, a Canadian maple leaf, South African cougaran. You're buying a coin that is not necessarily there for its collective value, simply for its gold value. A numismatic coin would be something more in terms of its collectability. It's got some level of distinction. Oftentimes, it's pre-1933 gold double eagles, Indian heads, and St. Gaudens. I'm not even sure what those are. But I'm not worried about collectibles. There's some people that do that. If I want to buy a gold coin, I want it for the gold content. The the primary way, the leading way to buy a gold coin, at least in the U.S., is the American Gold Eagle. They're minted by the U.S. Mint, the most most liquid, uh, easily recognizable, it's the, the modern-day American Eagle began production in 1986. You can buy it in one ounce, half ounce, quarter ounce, one-tenth ounce. The, 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 the large, the one-ounce coin, and, and this coin is not pure gold. In other words, so it has, I think, some, maybe some silver and other metal content to it. So it's not the really, really shiny coin. But the higher the ounce, if you buy a one-ounce coin, the premium that you pay for that gold coin is going to be less than if you buy the half ounce or the quarter ounce. So this particular friend recommends buying 
the, the one ounce coin. And, and because it's not pure gold, it, it, the, the price is a little more affordable. If you want a 24 karat gold coin, the Canadian maple leaf is a way to go about doing that. It, it, it's pure gold, and so it, it's, it's more shiny, but it can scratch. So, but it, it, it's, it's minted by the Royal Canadian Mint. They, they are second in liquidity and popularity to the American Gold Eagle. And, and that's another way to do it. South African Cougarans are similar to American Gold Eagles, so they got that doll look because there's a mixture of gold and copper. And, and that's gold coins. That is really the way that I'm going to do it because they seem to be the most liquid. You can get them in smaller denominations, and, and they're probably not as heavy as buying a, a gold bar. But you know, a bar is another way to go about it where they, I think they sell in, in one kilo, so they're larger. They're going to be more expensive. Major bar producers include Credit Suisse, Palm Suisse, John Matthew, Engelhard, Royal Canadian Mint. You can also get those from online dealers. When I buy gold, assuming I do, and because if you buy it, you have to find you have to find somewhere to store it. And there's a, a famous bond manager that spoke at our investment conference at my old firm once, and he talked. He didn't buy gold. He bought precious precious. Stones. He would buy rubies. He would buy diamonds. And he said he stole. He he stored his in the cereal boxes in his basement because he says nobody will steal your cereal. I don't recommend doing that. If you're going to buy gold, I'm going to buy a safe, which is probably the main reason I haven't bought any gold coins because that means I got to go shop for a safe, and I don't know anything about safes, and it just it seems like a hassle. But on the other hand, it is a return diverse diversifier, different driver, great inflation hedge. And so I think I'm, I'm willing to, to at least explore buying a safe. Now, this particular friend, when he gets his gold coins, he wants those that have been untouched by human hands. And so the term for that is brilliant uncirculated. So somehow they meant them without touching them. And then he puts them in some type of airtight holder, so an additional plastic holder. And then he puts them in his safe. And if you really want a safe safe, you want one that is bolted to the, the floor. So that, that is how I would buy gold. I would, I would want the physical gold in the form of gold coins, most likely American eagles because of the most liquid, would have smaller denominations. I'll store them in a safe. I'm not going to worry about, I'm going to hold them long term so I, I, I don't have to worry about the taxes. And I'm not going to tell all my neighbors. And it, it would just would be a diversifier if inflation ever picked up. I'm not doing this because I think the dollar is going to crash. In fact, the dollar has strengthened. And I recognize that gold will vary in price based on what the dollar and other currencies are doing, but also based on there is a hype element to it. I, back in 2010, a lot of people that never bought gold bought gold, and the price went up. Now there's a great deal of pessimism toward gold. If you look at some of the, the sentiment surveys, Halbert is a newsletter researcher. They do a, the Halbert 
gold, the Holbert newsletter, gold sentiment index, it is as low as it's been in many, many years. And Ned Davis does a sentiment survey. It's also very pessimistic toward gold. And when there's a great deal of pessimism, gold has actually returned double digits per annum. And so it, it looks like it could be an attractive entry point. But we're not going to try to time it. The idea is just to buy it as another return driver, albeit one with no income component, driven by investors who are worried about inflation. But it has been a great inflation hedge. So that is episode 37, Gold, No Hype, No Politics. Show notes are available at moneyfortherestofus.net. That's also where you can get my sign up for my insider's guide where I'll email you those show notes weekly along with answering listener questions and other things that I just share with that audience, members of the insider's guide. If you want more than just a weekly personal financial, want to dive deeper into topics, get investment recommendations, please consider looking at and joining the Money for the Rest of Us Hub. That's at moneyfortherestofushub.com. I've just released the January market conditions update along with investment recommendations in terms of equity exposure to go with that. And finally, thank you those that have left reviews on iTunes and the one person that left a review on Stitcher. So we have over 75 reviews on iTunes, one on Stitcher, but I got an email this past week from a listener that said, hey, how in the heck do I leave a review on iTunes using the iPhone podcast app? I told him, he said, share it with your listeners. I'm going to go ahead and do it very, very quickly. Go to the Apple podcast app and in the bottom right corner, click on the search icon, type in and search for money for the rest of us. There, it will list Money for the Rest of Us episodes. Below that, below the podcast heading, click the Money for the Rest of Us cover art in the bottom right-hand corner. That'll bring up the show and episodes. If you click the middle box below the cover art that says Reviews, so you click that, and below the Ratings and Reviews headings and section, there's a link that says Write a Review. You click that. It will most likely ask you to put in your iTunes Store password. You click the number of stars you'd like to give the podcast. Hey, five would be nice. And then you write your review. You click the send button in the upper right-hand corner. It takes 24 hours for the review to show up on iTunes. Thank you all that have left a review. If you have any questions, you can email me, jd at jdavidstein.com. Remember, everything I've shared with you in this show is for general education only. I've not considered your risk profile. I have not provided any type of investment advice especially on gold. It was simply general education on money, economy, and gold. Have a great week.